Welcome to Soul Food Nibbles, bite-sized pieces of food for your soul. This week I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Charlotte Wassell. Charlotte is the creator of Motion Beyond Pain and the Springboard Programme and she helps people move beyond physical aches and pains and helps them find a way to enjoy life confidently, fearlessly and joyfully. She's worked in the fitness and movement industry since 2009 and is a personal trainer and a biomechanics coach and she has a special interest in pain management. Um, She teaches across the UK and internationally and she's also a professional belly dancer and when she gets some downtime she likes to enjoy a good glass of wine and also some pizza so she's just like you and me. So I hope you enjoy our chat this week. Let me know in the comments what you thought and if you are ready to bring some movement into your life. You'll also see in the show notes that Charlotte has a free challenge starting on the 4th of September. Five minutes is better than no minutes. And we talk about that during today's episode. So please enjoy and let me know what you think. So thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming to talk to me. Um, first of all, if you would just like to tell me a little bit about yourself so that the listeners know who you are, what you do, and um, we'll take it from there, if that's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Debbie, for having me on. I'm really pleased to be here. Um, uh, I did your challenge a little while back, and I really enjoyed that. So it's been, I'm really happy to be talking to your community. Uh, so I'm Charlotte. I'm based in Brighton in England, and um, but I work mainly online with people. And I'm a movement coach and personal trainer. And I really specialize in just getting people moving because I think that's um, the, the big hurdle for so many people. We all know that we need to move a little bit more to yeah. be healthy and feel good in our bodies. Um, and we have all of these good intentions, but actually doing it and maintaining it is, um, is really the struggle. And I, coupled with that, um, I specialize in pain management. So I work with people um, with things like chronic low back pain, arthritis, um, all of these kinds of things, uh, aches and pains, which have been going on for a long time, but maybe may, there seems to be maybe no reason why they're going on for such a long time or, um, or with arthritis, obviously there is a reason for the pain, but it's helping people understand, get beyond the fear of moving and helping people move. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly even when they might still be in pain, you know, but understanding the safety aspect of that. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my, um, uh, main focus. Yeah yeah um i understand that you originally started off with belly dance um that's kind of what piqued your interest you were working full-time but you started to to get into belly dance can you tell me a little bit about sort of first of all why belly dancing and you know where was your head at at that time that Mm -hmm. made you decide to start getting into movement in particular yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm still a belly dancer now as well, and I do still teach classes and, and perform as well. Um, and yeah, it was this was totally my route into how um, I started to get fascinated about the body and the amazing things it can do. I was ironically looking for a way to keep fit without going to the gym. Um, okay. I'm not one of these people that's been sporty all their lives. You know, it was like 
you know, in my twenties, I had my own struggles of like, oh, I know I need to get fit, but like, oh, don't really into, not really into the gym. This isn't sticking. That isn't sticking. So anyway, happened across a belly dance class. And I think the reason I fell in love with it was because of the deeper connection it gave me with my body. Like, as I started to practice it and do it more, like my body was doing these really cool and weird and wonderful things and beautiful things. And some of them are a bit strange, but they look really cool because they look a bit strange. And I, it just blew me away that I could do this with my body. And that's kind of where the, um, the, the passion for understanding the body and how it works really stemmed from. Um, belly dance is a beautiful art form and, but it wasn't initially, I, like a lot of people will go to, maybe they've been to Turkey or Egypt and they've seen a dancer and they're like, oh, I have to learn how to do that. It wasn't so much like that with me. I've come to love, learn to love um, Arabic music and Arabic dance throughout that. But for me, initially it was that personal body connection and also uh, self body image improvement as well. Like massively, yeah. I was in my late twenties when I started dancing and I think I was thinking, oh, maybe I can't wear a bikini on the beach anymore. Um, my body's getting a bit old for that. And, you know, I'd started, you know, think, things like that. And as soon as not long after I started belly dancing, I'd be like showing my belly in class. And, you know, I mean, that's not required at all. You know, I don't expect that from any of my students at all, but it really yeah, made me feel so much more confident in my own body and yeah, had massive yeah. positive influence for that. I love that. I love that because I think that's a common theme for, well, I know for me personally, the thought of going to the gym fills me with horror and dread mm -hmm. yeah. because it's just this preconceived idea of, of what being in the gym is like. And it's like, you know, everybody's going to look at you. Nobody does, but obviously you think yeah. everybody's going to look at me and I haven't exercised for so long. So the the fun element, I suppose, of the dance is probably a really good way. Um, and I know that you do lots of different things and we'll talk about that in a wee second. But whenever you first sort of you were dancing, obviously you were connecting. It was for your own personal health and well-being. But it, you obviously teach and you still perform and all that. You were were you working at the time? Was there a transition from moving from, you know, having a like a corporate sort of land or a full time job into being more of a performer, more of using movement and exercise? And obviously now you're a personal trainer and you've got a real pain ma management sort of element of your work, which is hugely mm. important. And I definitely want to talk about that. But just going back to that that stage when you were still in that transition phase, what was that like for you? Were you trying to balance finding uh, work and play and trying to trying to make it work? I, I know that's a massive thing for some of the people I work with. Mm -hmm. That we we are constantly trying to struggle to find the the most effective sort of work life balance and trying to then bring maybe a new revenue stream or a new business opportunity yeah. in, and people are trying to transition out of paid employment into something else um yeah so maybe if you have any insights any any nuggets of wisdom that you can share of how you manage <laughs> to balance that yeah it's it is a challenge for sure um i think for me the first thing i mean this was like when i first got into dancing like i had no ambitions particularly of being a professional dancer i hadn't quite thought that far ahead like oh, i want to be a personal trainer eventually um so initially it was just that okay cool i want to be a better dancer um i need to practice more i need to find time to practice more regularly um and 
luckily early on in my dance career I'd also been exposed to um dancers teachers who very much were like you need to cross train if you want to dance so you need to do things like going to the mm. gym doing a pilates class doing yoga class whatever it is to strengthen your body to be a better dance and to um reduce the risk of injury so i was like okay cool so that's kind of what sold me on like starting to you know yeah. um, get into these types of practices but yeah where to fit it all in it was like I, and now i needed to do my full-time job do my dance practice and fit in some like strength and flexibility practice as well so yeah. it it was a lot and um um i i was at the beginning i was trying to like fit in like an hour in the like i try and get up earlier in the morning and like try and do an hour's practice in the morning before work and it would work for a couple of days maybe i'd managed to stick to it and and then it just fall by the wayside i wasn't particularly a morning person at the time and so i'd do a couple of days and it fall by the wayside and i'd try again and uh, fail again and eventually kind of discovered that if I just got up a little bit earlier and did a little bit of practice and then went to work, then that would work. And kind of gradually over a period of time, I, um, I'm, I, I kind of managed to increase the amount of time that I was doing. I was able to set the alarm clock a little bit earlier and set it a little bit earlier to give myself that little bit of extra time. Um, so it's one of the things that I really talk about in all of my work is starting small. Um, so whatever it is you're trying to achieve, whether it is developing a you know a fitness movement practice or starting a business, yeah. it's you, you. I mean, there's 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 always you see the massive mountain ahead of you, and and you try and like it's almost like you're trying to run up the mountain, <laughs> which yeah. is never going to happen because yeah. you're going to get knackered pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But by taking those little baby steps, you know, just five minutes here, five minutes there, that's how you're going to build the consistency and manage to maintain the consistency. Because if you build the um, the habit of just doing five minutes, so if you know you think about working on your business as well, like what like little tasks can you do that will yeah. take you like step by step, whether you're managing, like trying to balance your yeah. full, full-time job and this is a side hustle or whether you're trying to fit it in with your family, like find what those time pockets are for you. Like for me, it was the morning, um, but that doesn't work for everybody. Um, and um, I was in my thirties then and had a little bit more energy. So I, 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 I feel like I would, um, um, the, um, vouch for the benefits of sleep <laughs> as much as possible as well these days. Um, so you have to, you know, you have to, you have to find um, where you do have time and what is realistic for you, and just take it small, small stages at a time, and you yeah. will eventually get there. That's that's so important. I think that that's a theme that has come up over and over and over again in my community about the small baby steps. And I know. Um, you actually have a challenge coming up, don't you? Uh, like five minutes is better than no minutes, something along those lines. Isn't that right? That it's, I do. It's trying to get people excited about the fact that, do you know what? A couple of minutes, five minutes, better than nothing. It's something I say as well about meditation. I would say to people, you know, hmm. five minutes of mindful breathing or one minute is better than nothing. So um, tell me a little bit about what's coming up about that. And then I want to talk a little bit then about your your deeper work and about the pain management because I know that's important to a lot of people in my in my world but tell me a little bit about this uh, this challenge what what's going on what can people expect 
Cool. Well, yes, it's cool. As you said, five minutes is better than no minutes. And it's a five day challenge where you get five minutes of movement exercise and also a little bit of relaxation to do as well. So mm -hmm. there's a real variety there. My, um, um, my uh, philosophy with creating a movement practice isn't that it has to always be hardcore. You know, I'm yeah. not there at all. Like the, there's, there's so many different ways of moving your body. Yes. Let's do some cardio for our heart. Um, but yes, let's also do some strength work for our bones and for, um, for our muscle strengthening. And let's also do some relaxation for our nervous system too. So yeah. there's a little bit of everything in the challenge. Um, you get uh, one five minute video to do a day and to complete the challenge, you just have to do that. And then there's some extra stuff in there as well. I'm going to be doing some live bonus sessions with some uh, help to get you get you motivated to help get past the things that um, uh, are holding you back with your practice. What are your own resistors? Yeah. We'll do a little bit of um, pain management as well. So for anyone with aches and pains, I'm going to do a session on that in the challenge. Um, and it's a really nice community. Actually, this is the third time I've done it this year. And everyone's really supportive and helping each yeah. other in the comments and you don't need, yeah, you just need five minutes a day to do it. And if you haven't got more than five minutes a day, you don't have to attend the live sessions. Um, I consider you to have completed the challenge if you've done all five practices. And yeah, if you want to start to incorporate this mentality and just taking five minutes to just do some basic body movement mm -hmm. instead of scrolling on your phone for five minutes, it's yeah, it starts to become an amazing habit. And people, I think the comments that I get from people mostly uh, how blown away they are that how good they feel after just doing that five minutes um, and yeah. whether it's in their body or also mentally as well so many people say actually yeah. that really boosted my mood you know yeah. that's a really common thing so uh so we start on the 4th of september and i'm sure debbie will put some links for me yes. in places I where the links will. go absolutely i will pop the links um folks you. for you in the show notes um and in the in the description of this so yes please do um that will be so much fun and um, i am going to very very much attempt to actually take part this time i signed up yes. the last time and then life just got completely crazy and it, i think i was trying to do about three different things at once that week mm. the last time you did it and I, <laughs> I think i did the first day and then was like i'm gonna have to set something down but this is a better time of year for me so i think september yes. works as well i think people have that mentality almost of nearly mm -hmm. back to school don't they um yeah. kind of ingrained in us but what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions people have about exercise um, about getting started? Yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly that. It's the, the things I've just spoken about. It doesn't need to be an hour long. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't even need to be half an hour. Yes, those those things are great. You know, um, the NHS recommendations, I think, are 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. And if you do five minutes a day, you're not going to get your 150 minutes but you've got to get started somewhere right and mm -hmm. just by doing these little five minutes here and there um so many people also tell me that once they've done their five minutes there um they want to do a little bit more i have yeah. um a program um and um a sub subscription program um called move yeah. and glow in springboard which um have these short practices in and a lot of people tend to put them together as well like if they know they've got a yeah. bit longer then they can put them together you know so once you've got started it's it's just that okay need to yeah it's the getting you know, started isn't it 
it's mm-hmm. the getting started I think that's what holds a lot of people back yeah and one of my I think that your challenge is going to be the, the, the good thing to really push people because it's like right okay yeah it's just five days it's just five minutes a day yeah. I have to give 25 minutes out of my week mm-hmm. surely I can do that you know yeah yeah um, exactly. but yes um the mindset side of it as well that emotional healing and mm. mental healing I think that comes from getting in touch with your body and listening to your body yeah it's almost like there's such a deep level of wisdom in your body we mm. hold a lot of trauma in our body do you yeah. find that that's maybe where a lot of people's pain comes from as well because I know you're a pain management specialist yeah tell me a little bit about that because I know that I have quite a few people in my community who have chronic illnesses mm-hmm. um you know, I I lived with chronic pain myself for many, many years. Um, yeah. For me, it, I got out of it by doing a lot of healing work and a lot of, you know, deep inner healing work and reducing mm. the stress in my life, which was contributing to the, the joint pain. Mm. But I know as I get older, I, I have pain. We all, I think as we get older, we have lower back pain. We have all these things. So mm. I know I've followed you for a while and I know you do a lot of pain management. So maybe share with the listeners a little bit about how that works and about um, maybe where you find the pain comes from in people's bodies and how it can be released through the work you do. Yeah, totally. So I, um, when I first started delving into this stuff, I came from a perspective, like from being really into like movement and how amazing movement is for the body. And I trained as a biomechanics coach. And I think I was um, just finishing that training as I started learning more about pain and um it kind of almost blew everything out of the window because i was like oh yeah yeah you have like muscle imbalances and and these muscles aren't working together well and 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 this muscle's in spasm and 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 then i was found out about the um what's called the biopsychosocial model and without wanting to go into it too much in detail it's it's basically looking at yes biomechanics but also there's so many other factors contributing to uh, an individual's pain experience. So um, social factors and psychological factors as well. And they are, it's just completely different for everybody. You know, everyone has their own experience. And so it's difficult to, you know, you can't really say, well, what, and where, where are people's pains coming from? But well, you'll mention the stress, Debbie, for example. I mean, that is a yeah. massive one um, just because of the the tension we hold when we're in that fight or flight state. That's, that's what stress is, basically. It yeah. is constantly being in that state of fight or flight or freeze, yeah. right? And so your body's primed for yeah. this um, something. And stress is a, a, a healthy thing, right? Stress is important. We wouldn't have survived as a species for this long yeah. if we didn't have stress, right? We need it. And we need that fight or flight response to be able to run away from something or fight something if we're in danger. So that's how, you know, that's yeah. how we've evolved. Um, but uh, there's a quote which I find quite funny, and it, it really illustrates the point. Um, we haven't evolved our stress response for 30 second mortgages. You know, it was designed in like the animal kingdom to, to only be for 30 seconds to give us that boost of energy yeah. to, to run or to, or to fight. You know, we haven't evolved the stress response yeah. for 30, 30 year mortgages. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that just hits the nail on the head. Yeah. So in connecting that to our 
to to aches and pains and things like that um there's 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 a few different ways of thinking about it you talk about tension like the muscles are constantly in this state state of tension there's there's they haven't got a chance to relax okay um and yes that is a biomechanical thing but it comes from a psychological thing um and um yeah and it's it's just your your nervous system is in this constant state of heightened alertness and therefore it's more likely to react you know and when things happen and have um because it's trying to protect you you know your brain is always trying to keep you safe and so if you've got this heightened level of of protection mechanism on it's always going to be reacting always going to be reacting and potentially increasing pain so that's one um yeah one aspect of it stress can yeah, yeah. And, and and i think it's i think what may happen for a lot of people is that they've been told that stress is contributing to the pain but they don't really understand why and then how to get beyond that and so it's like oh you're just stressed so you're in pain and it's like well that's not really helpful yeah no it's actually find like digging deeper finding out why but then also understanding the other aspects of pain and why it's a protective mechanism um is it useful often people who've been in pain for a long time it's it's like a it's a it's an alarm system that's faulty as a way of thinking about it um the nervous system's got to this heightened state and it's got stuck there and it's finding ways to bring that down and obviously you've used your healing techniques to bring down the nervous system to help get yourself out of pain in the same way that i would um use movement to do it and also through working with people and talking to them and kind of coaching them through the whole aspect of it and just really understanding how pain works there was a study done um people with pelvic pain and they um did like an mri on them and they had the different brain scans of um when they weren't moving um and then when they started moving in their pelvis in this way that aggravated their pain then it would kind of flash up on the mri so then they gave them six weeks of a pain management pain education course similar to the thing yeah. that i would I would teach and after that had them do the same thing again and actually the the markers in the brain for the pain um were way less just from yeah. them having done having understanding how pain works and it just that knowledge in itself helps to bring down the the levels in the nervous system because mm-hmm. you're not feeling scared because you're not worried that you're going to hurt yourself more by moving for example yeah. um because you're not worried that something sinister isn't going on in your body that you know no one's found yet you know once you understand that most likely um it's just a, a something faulty going on in the nervous system that can yeah. be improved um and it's you know it's not always a linear journey you might, might go back to it, to it but um but yeah well, I suppose then people who do have chronic pain, there's fear there for them to move in the first place. So mm-hmm. you've probably got to do a lot of talking people down and talking yeah. people sort of. So there's a lot of like coaching element, as you say, in, in your work. It's not simply, you know, come and throw these weights around or come mm-hmm. and do all this. Extra. It's like very much just like, let's let's find what's right for you, because I think that's what's really important, isn't it? For each individual person to have a tailored plan that works for them, because what works for me won't work for no 
for you and what you know for everybody's different and I think that's that's what's lovely I think about having someone who actually is invested and taking the time to understand that's lovely it's must be so so rewarding for you Charlotte to actually do that work it really is it's is fantastic when um yeah people have said oh you've yeah you've you've got me out of pain or you've changed my life or um uh, you've cured me. I mean, I think that's an exaggeration. I don't think that's quite what I do, but you know, and they're the one that they're the ones that have done the work themselves. Like it's, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the whole point. It's like, if you go to a chiropractor, for example, and I'm not knocking chiropractors at yeah. all, like they do fantastic work, yeah. but, um, uh, you're kind of going to get fixed, you know, you'll go and see the chiropractor yeah. and the chiropractor will make some adjustments to you and then hopefully you'll feel better right yeah but maybe you don't um or maybe you feel better for a bit but then the problem comes back as well so my approach is much more about um giving people the opportunity to learn how to fix themselves and giving people the tools to know what things work for them and what their body needs and what their body needs to keep doing and i mean the other thing is often you'll go to physio for example and again physio fantastic um but nine times out of ten you're going to them two or three times and i'll give you some resistance band exercises to do and you'll do them for a couple of weeks and then you'll stop doing them right yeah everyone can relate to that including myself right and the the reason is because they um the the exercises work most likely because that's what they're designed to do and then you kind of get a bit bored with like pulling this resistance band around the place you're like okay what next or there's no real progression with it and it's so important to once you get that body part moving well again to give it a little bit more and give it a little bit more and keep challenging it and keep moving it in different ways um um and you can go from like a resistance band exercise to you know rolling around on the floor and like moving like on your on your own hands i don't know just coming up with examples yeah. but yeah yeah um i love the that. more the, ways I, you can yeah sorry go on yeah no no i was just going to say i love i love that holding the space for them to heal themselves because that's kind of what i do as well in a different way yeah. and i love that there's so many different tools for people in so mm. many different ways um and it's so important because i know i've invited you to come into um soul food circle i think later in the year to do movement and flow Mm -hmm. with the the guys in there because it'll tie in beautifully with the spirituality i'm really excited to get you in i can't wait um to see how that's gonna to work um but it's so lovely because ultimately the person has to heal themselves they have to do the work Mm -hmm. you haven't got a magic wand you can't just fix it for them neither can i as a reiki master i can't walk in and go ding it's all fixed i wish we could but we can't (laughs) um just before we wrap up um what piece of advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now about the body and about the importance of movement and your journey so far what if you could go back and have a chat with your younger self what would you say uh i would get her to move more Definitely. I was not a, I wasn't an inactive kid, but, um, I feel like definitely when I was a teenager, there wasn't, it was like, you were sporty, a sporty kid or you weren't. And if you weren't a sporty kid, then you kind of didn't really do exercise, you know? Um, my brother was the sporty one in our family. Right. And, and I wasn't, you know, I participated a bit, but it wasn't really my thing. And it still yeah. isn't really. I'm not particularly sporty at all. Um, yeah. 
So I think probably education is better now, at least I would like to think so, um, in terms of like, you know, giving kids a better um, range of things that they can do to stay active. And so I think that would be my main thing would be to um, tell her to, to yeah, get active sooner, get into dance sooner um, and um, just enjoy the journey. I think for me, like movement is how I, um, I guess feel movement is spirituality for me. And I think the, what I wanted to say was that there's so many layers to peel back yeah. with it. Um, like I'm constantly discovering new layers in terms of how my own body moves and how it responds and what I can do with it and what I can't do with it. And that's always changing and also getting older yeah. as well. It's, you know, not always yeah. changing for the better. Um, so, but yeah, it's just understanding these different peeling back. It's like peel, yeah. peeling back layers from yeah. onion and, um, yeah. And just, I would tell her to just have patience with, um, taking time with it all. I think. I love that. Any last pieces of advice for anyone listening who wants to get started? I would go and sign up for my challenge, not because yeah. to do this challenge. Well, yes, obviously to do the challenge, but when you sign up, you are going to get access to a three minute movement practice. It's not even five minutes, which means you can get right off this call and go and sign up. And probably within about a minute's time, you could be doing a little bit of movement with me and making your body feel amazing. So I love it. Thank you so much. It has been so good talking to you today. And I've had Thank such you a lot so of much fun. for having I've me. I learned so much about what it is you do and how it all fits together. And I think um, everyone listening will be so excited. I will drop all your social media links and your website links. Um, but just for handiness, if anyone's listening, can you just mm -hmm. um, tell them where they can find you? Yeah. Um, so my company of one is called Solaris. And so you can find me at Solaris moves on Instagram. And that's my website as well. And if you uh, I'm just Charlotte Wassell on on Facebook, and they are the main places to find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. It has been Thank a pleasure you. talking to you. And I will connect again with you really soon and look forward to welcoming you into my community good luck with the challenge i'm excited I will see for that you as well yes. brilliant thank Indeed. you so much take care